Join author and former Vibe Editor-in-Chief Danielle Smith and Black Girl Songbook as she celebrates and uplifts the talent of Black women in the music industry. Tune in for in-depth discussions with your favorite songwriters, producers, and artists, as well as anecdotes from Danielle. Plus, you'll hear the songs of Black women who changed the landscape of American music forever. Check out Black Girl Songbook exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hello, Amanda. How are you? I'm great, Juliet. I'm so glad to see you. Glad to see you, too. Um, we are going to talk about the new royal baby. I don't know if the baby's royal anymore. I've lost count, but um, <laughs> Megan and Harry had a child. Finally, she's here. Lilybet, uh, Diana, Mountbatten-Windsor. We'll talk about that. Some more trickles from the Bill and Melinda Gates fountain of news. Um, and I really, really need to tell you about Kathy Hilton, who's currently on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is really crazy when these people come back around to being famous. Um, but we're going to start with, uh, this Shailene Woodley interview in Shape Magazine. What an interview it was. In a way, it's a nice return to the Shailene that we once knew, like, and I guess have always known, but perhaps you will recall an interview from many years ago, an Into the Gloss where Shailene Woodley spoke really uh, forthrightly and with great uh, conviction about her various wellness practices. And I think it's like sort of when like the the myth, the legend of Shailene Woodley really started. Obviously, also, she was um, a successful actress and in a number of like good films. But like that was the day that we all invested in Shailene Woodley, like, you know, Earth Child. And she's she's back. She's still speaking in weirdly associative sentences about her love for nature and how to protect it. And I, it's nice to see that some things don't change. I mean, I I will never forget her talking about using beets as lip gloss in that into mm-hmm. the gloss interview. I think mm-hmm. that's where that first originated many, many moons ago. Sure. Um, she's back to save the oceans, but then it turns out she's actually not looking to save the oceans. She's looking to change people's mentality about environmentalism. 
I thought this was like pretty um, remarkable, but basically the thrust of this article is that Shailene Woodley has launched an eye and uh, eyeglasses line that is using recycled plastics. And that's better than um, dumping plastics in the ocean. I just want to say Amanda and I are like two of the biggest ocean lovers there are. So we're aligned with Shailene on this goal, but I just, um, I'm not sure how effective this is going to be. That's just what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I just also wanted to add that in addition to being huge ocean lovers, also glasses wearers. Yes. And I, you know, I think every day as I put my contacts in that I do rely on plastics just to, to see. And I appreciate that technology. But if we can make it more ocean friendly, great by me. Do you know where I would start? Tell me. I would start by changing the packaging on daily contact lenses. Okay. It, every every time I put them in, which is every day, I feel horrible. So I'd like to talk to Shailene Woodley about that. I would just add that if we could make the packaging both more sustainable and also like make it work because every day, like there's like on the, you know, the pack of five, there's one I just can't get off. And so I'm like shoving the like half torn package with all my saline. It's like all over the medicine cabinet. Everything else is sticking to it. I'm obviously not cleaning it because that's just like one step too far for me. So I think, yes, we can find something that is ocean friendly and also works for me. She also talked about Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that. But I yeah. just wanted to I just wanted to read some comments from the, from her initiative here. Go for it. These microplastics, there's no way we'll ever clean them up. No matter how many eyeglasses we make, no matter how many other material goods we create using them. Uh, so she said, and they said the partnership is really an act of radical kindness. That's editorializing from shape. And then, quote, of inviting the world to see things from a different point of view in which we are one with nature. And that's a quote from her partner on this project, whose name is Thomas Kimber. And anyway, she, <laughs> Shailene adds, what we can change is consuming the, that plastic in the first place. I'm always much more focused on the human side of the environmentalist mission because until we address that, nothing will happen. So I'm just kind of confused by their messaging, but I understand that like I'm at fault here, but we can't really fix it. I don't know. Didn't seem that hopeful, but I will say her eyeglasses, they look nice. Yeah, I also... She's clearly going for the personal shaming and personal responsibility approach to environmentalism as opposed to, you know, holding major polluters and systems and international corporations accountable, which is like one strategy. And perhaps in the Internet age, that's how Shailene Woodley is going to reach people. But, I, you know, maybe we could all just find plastics that are, are better and also not make people individually feel bad. J- just my take. JMT. That's what LeBron says. Um, okay. So she's doing eye eyewear and I didn't know about this line. So I think perhaps she needs to work on, um, her marketing, but whatever. Anyway, I I don't know why I'm shading Shailene Woodley so much. I actually like her. I just find this to be. I perhaps here's why here's why (laughs) here's some other quotes on Shailene Woodley, uh, just wellness, where she is right now in her journey. One thing I really prioritize is sleep, and it has changed my life genuinely. Another thing is focusing on how I can nurture and help my self-talk. When I notice negative self-talk happening, how can I sit with it and be friends with it instead of constantly feeling I'm in this rat race of not good enough? I'll be honest. I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm supposed, how I'm supposed to be friends with my bad feelings about myself. But and especially if Shailene Woodley is also telling me that, like, I am not taking enough responsibility for the plastics in the ocean. I like I can't really rationalize that. But it may just be that the shape article does not provide me with the how to's from Shailene Woodley's perspective. You know, 
Uh, yeah, I I have I'm feeling punchy today, so I want to share another take. If you don't go. mind, let's go. As someone who really believes in therapy and has a therapist, mm-hmm. I really take mental health seriously, and um, I think that all these celebrities speaking to mental health and like recommending their own strategies of how to cope with mental health is not helpful. And I just think that like trying to like befriend your bad feelings, like that might be a strategy that works for Shailene Woodley and in, in her life that she's worked on with her team of mental health professionals. <laughs> but I think advocating for it in shape as like some kind of gospel is also pretty weird and it bothers me. I just, this is, this is an extension of the, the, the psychiatrist or the therapist that goes on reality TV. It's just like some of this work doesn't need to be done in public. In fact, it shouldn't be done in public. And it also just suggests then that it is like, that it's a one size fits all approach, which is actually not what they're doing. And I, I actually do admire people like Shailene Woodley or honestly, even like Prince Harry. And we haven't talked a lot about the Oprah show because I like it, it was intense and also kind of the way it was covered just like made it really difficult to talk about. But like when he is actually like showing this, this CBT, um, or I think it's EMDR, like I've done this in therapy, so I recognize it where you're tapping the shoulder. Like uh-huh. he's showing that that is something that he's doing and works for him. Um, I Like I do think it's destigmatizing in a way, even if, I agree with you that. know, the entire t- yeah. tabloid world like then stigmatizes it. And I think that there is something in celebrities, like whether they're talking about, you know, some like physical health crisis they're going through or mental health crisis and being like, it happens to me too. And like, here's what's worked for me, but there's such a difference. in like, here's what's worked for me. And then this sort of like sweeping, like here is how to, you know, change your life in like five easy steps that like it gets boiled down to in a, in a cover like yeah, this. Totally. There's, I, there's and, no nuance. Yeah. And she probably didn't mean to do that. I, again, I'm not trying to shade Shailene Woodley so hard, but I just think that like, I, I agree with you. There's it's really important to like destigmatize just like acts of coping. Like just like the fact that people need to cope. Like it's really important to destigmatize that. And I, I agree with you. And I think talking about mental health and like acknowledging that people have struggles is really important. But I think this sort of like blanket terminology that ends up getting used is is the problem. And it also gets presented after the fact, like it's okay now. Like I did this yeah. and it's fine. And I'm like and it's, it's ongoing solved. It's every and, day. And that's wonderful. And you want that for people. But there is this tendency when you take things in public to like really smooth it out. And on the one hand, like I appreciate that because it can be a little intense and also invasive. And people like people don't actually need to just roll out and be like, here's everything that bad that I've been through in its rawest form. I like I don't unless that's serving them, unless that's how they want to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the smoothing of it all out kind of jumps past both the struggle, but like honestly the work and that therapy is like a specific thing that you do with the therapist in order to find something that works for you and how you can understand it and like working to a place of understanding what's going on and that it is like both it's different for everyone and that also everyone needs to be like personally involved in it. If that, you know, and this is just kind of like a Xerox of all of that. Yeah. Which again, I don't really hold Shailene Woodley responsible for. Me neither. I think it's just more like the, it just seems like this is creeping into so much of like the celebrity discourse. And I think it, you know, it's really like, I, I don't know. It's complicated. You you put it very well. We can move on. We can talk about Aaron Rodgers (laughs) No, no, but like just one, 
it is interesting because like 10 years ago or 15 years ago when you had a celebrity profile, like there always has to be a quote moment of tension, right? Something that like the celebrity overcame in order to be this amazing person that they are in like designer clothes on the cover of whatever magazine or, you know, whatever. But it was usually like either career-based or personal life-based, you know? And so especially with actors, you would get a lot of like really boring stories being like, I didn't get that audition. And like I worked at the dog biscuit store, which is Emma Stone's story. That tells you like how familiar I am with these things. And it is interesting now that it really does tend to be some sort of like, you know, mental health or personal like health wellness thing that each celebrity brings to the interview now. And it's like, yeah. I want to talk about this. It's just an interesting shift. It it, it also it it weirdly shifts away from like the work in a, in a funny way. Right. Whereas like, you know, maybe, maybe this is more honest and authentic to what the person is going through, but it also like the examples you just gave were just like about being an actor basically. And this is about being a human, which I guess is great on the one hand, but on, but on the other, it's almost like, um, it sort of takes like being alive and if, if you're an actor or like a celebrity and like making like the totality of your experience, part of your fame, instead of like being famous, for like your job or, or like one thing or another. Well, it edges towards the other jobs that all of the actors are taking on because being an yeah. actor on its own doesn't make you famous enough anymore. Like everyone has some sort of wellness line or, you know, some sort of eyeglass company that's benefiting the environment, which like I, I don't actually mean to be snarky about. I use eyeglasses I like am extremely pro the environment and think that like all major governments and corporations should be taking a lot more responsibility and action. And, and also if people want to as well, I think that's really great, but that you have some sort of side hustle. That's not even really your side hustle anymore. Like everyone has to be a multi-hyphenate. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like they're Shailene Woodley is also probably more likely to do press around the grouping of her eyewear line and her Netflix movie than right. just one or the other. So right. Um, that's the, that's another reason for she's doing press right now. She's got a Netflix movie coming out. I've read the book it's based on. It's called, um, the girl you left behind. I think, mm-hmm. uh, it's about a painting. It's by Jojo Moyes. It was actually, oh, right. it was written before me, before you, I believe, but was released in the U S after the success of that book. It's a good book. I recommend it. If you're looking for a summer read, it's a good one before the movie comes out. You love a Jojo Moyes read. I do. Yeah. It's a good one. I think that's like a, one of her better books actually. So I'd recommend it anyway. Die tribe over. Back to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they seem she, happy. They seem happy. They immediately moved in together. Um, and yeah, I mean, it seems like they, I mean, probably her sweetest quote was about him, you know? She she said that that she thought they were they were meant to be. Um she said, uh, you know, they started dating during the pandemic and then they just re- accelerated really, really quickly. But she said, I have the perspective that I would have met Aaron in any context, any space, in any time, in time, because I feel we were meant to be together. I just, I just remembered also that she talks about how she does work with an astrologer in order to better, like, understand herself in the stars. And, and that there was a rumor that she and Aaron Rodgers met through their astrologer. Yes. So I just wanted to say, this is actually a little bit of evidence that that could be true. I have no personal confirmation of that. It does seem nice. They seem happy together. I'm also really happy to understand the timeline a little bit more. I'm still thinking about the meme that I we shared on Ringer Dish. I'm assuming it was Amelia Wedemeyer who made it. I think it was of, Bridget. 
Bridget was it Bridget? Bridget, it was so. great. And it was, you know, the Bernie Sanders meme. And it was just like, I am once again asking for relationship timeline. <laughs> Which I, and now I have one and it's that it went pretty quickly. They moved in together immediately. Aaron Rodgers was in Montreal, just watching a lot of Jeopardy while Aaron, while Shailene Woodley was filming a movie. And I guess when you know, you know, and, and, and I'm happy for them. And they seemed, you know, they got to have a magical pre-honeymoon in Hawaii. And that's great. Wouldn't we all like to do that? I, like, I... <laughs> We were, we're, as you said, a little punchy this morning, but she does seem like she's in a good place. And again, like that the Shailene Woodley is undiminished low these many years is inspiring. Yeah. And I, I guess I will learn more about these eyeglasses. I can't believe she's only, um, I can't believe she is only 29. I just feel like she's been around a really long time. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that's what happens when you're a teen star, when you're on the OC as a young girl. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of rare for people who really break out at like 18, 19, 20 to have this continued success. And also honestly, to kind of stay as just like on track as she seems to. I mean, she had some movies that didn't work out, but so do a lot of people. And she yeah. still really does seem to be herself. So I, that that's great to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for her. I just want to say I, I was wrong. The, the, the book that's being adapted is The Last Letter from Your Lover, which is also a Jojo Moyes book, which I don't think is as good. I recommend The Girl You Left Behind. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hard to keep track of some of these titles. <sighs> anyway. All right. We can move on. Shailene and Aaron. Good luck. He's not going to Packers minicamp per ESPN today. I saw that on, on the ticker. So. Okay. Yes. Well, I, if I had to choose between Packers minicamp and Hawaii, I too would choose Hawaii. Absolutely. I agree. <sighs> All right, let's move on. Shall we talk about the latest Megan and Harry news, which is that their baby arrived, a, a young a young uh, little baby named Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor. Lilibet, as you viewers of The Crown likely know, is the family nickname for Queen Elizabeth. The baby will be going by Lily. Diana is obviously for Harry's mother, the baby's grandmother, and Mountbatten-Windsor is the family name. Um, what'd you think, Amanda? Listen, very pro-baby. I like, I won't speak for you, but I'm so far. We're pro the ocean and we're pro baby, pro ocean, (laughs) pro mental health, pro therapy. Yes. Um, (laughs) on your own terms and pro baby. And so that's great. That's very exciting. A little girl, Lily is very sweet, like happy for them. It's, it's good to have babies. Obviously the name immediately caused like a ridiculous, like tabloid kerfuffle. It really gave them like a lot of content on a, like a Monday and Tuesday when they don't often have as much going on. Cause those were slow news days. And those people really, really just seized their moment as they are wont to do. They sure did. And the number of Meghan Markle headlines and Prince Harry headlines, like every day, honestly is astounding. It's kind of, it's an industry unto itself. I mean, the main thing it tells me, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but people just must fucking click on those stories because there's so many of them. So yes. must, must do numbers. And then I just, I don't even like, you know, I like Meghan Markle. I, I instinctively defend her. I think that's evident, but like, I don't even like her that much. I understand why people don't like her, but I just find the way that she's covered to be so offensive and mean. I like kind of, I can't get over it. Like the page six headline that I saw earlier uh, this week that I was just like, what's wrong with everyone? Like get a life was about like she has a children's book and the headline was Meghan Markle's new book fails to top the bestseller list. And it's just like, okay, who cares? I mean, there's just like, this is not a story. 
And I just, I, I don't just feel bad for them. I can't imagine what that's like. I mean, they don't need my sympathy. And again, they court some of this negativity, but I, I just can't get over it. At this point, it is just like an industry onto itself. The reactionary negative headlines. There just seems to be some sort of like brainwashing. As you said, people must click on it, but it seems completely like divorced from what's actually happening. Just, yeah. and and it's, and it's also overwhelming. I, I guess people are clicking on them. I, I'm not clicking on them. Like who cares? Like they just, like they had a baby. Her name is, you know, Lily's really cute. Like, yes, it's definitely like, hello, we are related to the queen, like in headlights and the name, but like they are. So I don't care, you know, good, good for them. I think Lily and Archie is really cute together. It's good sibling yeah. names. I don't know. Just like it's his grandmother. Like they, they're going through some stuff. I, it's, it seems like a lot. Lily's yeah. a cute name. I, I agree. I'm not going to read this children's book. I like, nor, nor let, I. let's, let's all move on. But I just, I just, just want to also note the book came out today. This headline was written like before the book came out. So I just, calm down, everyone. Well, as you know, as every single person who's ever written a book has told you at great length on Instagram, pre-orders really matter for an author because it tells publishers how many to order. Honestly, never tell me that again. I'm one of the number one fiction supporters in the United States. I love your book. I'll read your book. Absolutely stop explaining to me that pre-orders are really important. I'm going to jump off a cliff the next time I read it. <laughs> I'll give you to, you know, who didn't tell me that Megan Markle, because she's not on social media anymore. So shout out to her. her. Thank you, Megan. Good and for congratulations her. on the baby. The baby was born last Friday, which I believe was June 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, and the news didn't come out until Sunday, June 6th. They had 48 hours without the news leaking. I think that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a reason to live in Santa Barbara. We've learned since the baby was born at a hospital in Santa Barbara. If you're at Cedars or you're at UCLA or St. John's in Santa Monica, right. that news is leaking. Like, yeah. Good. So I, that, I'm happy for them. Good, good stuff. Yeah. I, and as you said, it is sort of like a testament to the, like the privacy that they have figured out though. I did read, I, I clicked on one article. I'm not perfect. Well, I'll be honest. Like before the baby was born, that was speculating on the names. Mm. Um, and Lily was in the name set. So I was like, I wonder whether that was just kind of like informed guessing as you uh, famously predicted the name of Charlotte. Yes, it did. Her, her full you. name. Yes, um, thank you. Uh, and I don't know whether you had any inside information um, or whether <laughs> just you my, were just... Just my Aquarius intuition. Right. So just kind of reading the tea leaves. Uh, so maybe it was that or maybe they like did have a leak. But yes, shout out to... The Cottage Hospital in Santa Barbara, which, as a, a a friend on Twitter pointed out, is not actually like a hospital. It's a cottage. Apparently, Cottage Hospital is a chain of hospitals. I didn't know that. It's <laughs> <laughs> too bad. Great stuff. Great okay. stuff. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. 
Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's move on. Next, Vanity Fair ran an article uh, this week, I think it was two days ago, with the headline, Bill and Melinda Gates' epic divorce saga enters its next phase. And the the deck was the blow up of a billionaire duo's 27-year marriage is always going to be rife with drama. Now come the private investigators, rumors of affair, and former employees chafing at NDAs. I would say that's all that was in the story. So you don't need to read mm-hmm. it. I'm just going to say Vanity Fair is a paywall. Don't click. I just told you everything you need to know. And I, I think this is interesting because this is the second story I saw. I think the other was in the New York Times, actually, that is alluding to the fact that like a lot of stuff could, might, come out in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks as these divorce proceedings can ter- continue, carry on. And this is a new trend because it also happened with Chris Harrison yesterday where it's like news is about to drop. And it's like these people get like who are b- reporters on this story, no stuff is coming, but they can't say it. And so they they sort of like prime the well for it. Um, and I think it's an interesting tactic. And it's interesting to see this sort of the downfall of, of Bill Gates. Do you see it as a like a Melinda Gates or Melinda French Gates, I should say now, team strategic tactic? Because me, I read this and I was like, oh, I, someone in her camp, lawyers, must be trying to soften the ground and or preempt a lot of this stuff. I don't know whether that's right. Again, that's just me having a suspicion and reading this piece. But I, it does a little bit seem like what's going on. Yeah. It seemed to me like someone's speaking on background and yeah. so they can't use it. But it's being, but, but it's like, you know, there's like something there. So yeah, I mean, someone has to be talking plus, you know, TMZ has really mastered the art of using, um, legal documents to create these stories. So it's almost like the anticipation of legal documents. Now that we know they exist from like the TMZ industries is enough for a story. Um, and it also seems like a lot of these articles, including the vanity fair one, focuses on stuff that was out there about Bill Gates, but no one really wrote about because of the way that he conducted his P 
PR and I think just because of the goodwill that the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation engendered. Um, but it's sort of like pointing out things that people already knew. So it's almost like and kind creating of, a fr- framework for whatever's right. to come. And pulling everything together. No, I think that's smart. Um, can I ask you a question about the Vanity Fair paywall? Sure. Because I clicked on this on my phone and then I opened it again on my computer in order for this this <laughs> podcast. So have I used two of four? I think you may have. Yeah. Damn it. That's like really not a good use of my money. It was on the same IP address. God, I, I, I mean, tough. I, you're right. I should have just read the deck. That's so frustrating. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I know better for next time. Tough, tough stuff. Okay. Are you surprised that this divorce is getting so much oxygen? No, I, because billionaires are like our celebrities now yeah. as much as celebrities are. And especially because of the seemingly like seedy nature of this and also that there is so much money at stake. I mean, you know, the, the Bezos of it all really did set up an interest in this. And obviously that was a pretty extraordinary set of circumstances, both because of, you know, Jeff Bezos's um, like offensively insane amount of wealth. And also because of the whole national inquirer, who is hacking who and 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 also the sensational nature of the text messages, uh, which what's the really good one now? Something about fire woman. What was it? How did man, I forget? Man what alive. I, I can't. Al- alive woman? Or alive woman? girl. Alive, alive girl, girl. Alive, alive girl. girl. <laughs> it was really good. How did I forget that? Um, and then and then Jeff Bezos kind of taking on the National Enquirer and. Was it politically motivated? You know, yada, yada, yada. So I guess like our expectation for a billionaire divorce um, is like very high at this point. But I I don't know. They are, they've entirely reordered our lives. They are like far more, you know, historically significant than say Meghan and Harry. Yes, absolutely. And and there is also like a convergence of medias that are interested in it. There's a celebrity but also obviously like a business internet that's really interested in it. The Wall Street Journal has been all over it. New York Times has been all over it because of the the Microsoft and like foundation implications. Um, but also just the, just the money implications, yeah. you know? So it, I, I'm not surprised, I guess. And I guess I'm, I wasn't paying that close attention to Bill Gates's life beyond like him being slightly mentioned in the Epstein things, which... I didn't really follow as closely as some people did. But so I guess I'm a little surprised by how much is there. Yeah. We're kind of veering into press box territory, but I I will say, I also think that so much space was freed up by Trump not being president, that it's sort of like the foibles of the rich, mostly rich, but also famous, famous because they're rich, have like a lot more column space and magazines and newspapers than it used to because like, yes. you know, you could just spill all of this on a member of the Trump family. And I think there's lack of interest from the reporters as much as readers. I mean, clearly he's still popular. We don't need to get into that, but, um, I, I think that's like a, a huge part of it too. No, I think that's smart. In a lot of ways I was struck by this as sort of a return to, and I, I don't want to say glory days for vanity fair, but there is a real touch of like late eighties, early nineties, like wealth and power, and like and seeminess to this story that is what the original Tina Brown Vanity Fair was made on. Right, right. Yeah, that's really that's a good point too. Also, and like, the original Vanity Tina Brown Vanity Fair had a huge role in um elevating Trump to a national status. So, you know, it does go hand in hand with what you're saying, but we right. won't say that name anymore on this podcast. Um 
it kind of also just makes me wonder, like, you know, here in New York, people are walking down the street without masks. I heard it's the same in Los Angeles. And I'm just wondering, like, when will the celebrity events start? You know, I, I think that there was like a disinterest in them. I think that like if if there was like a real interest in like getting the the premiere train running and like the junket train running again, there would be more of it. But like, I just think it I, I think it's interesting that we're still we're still not really back to the celebrity industrial complex that we knew of like 2019. Well, yes and no. I mean, the premier junket, the premier junket complex was always like the boring yeah. sideline that no one really wanted. And it was like all the filler content. We have paparazzi staked outside both Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck's home like every day, just taking photos that they are definitely aware of and going with. So in that sense, it's like really back. That's um, true. But it is kind of what But JLo pictures never stopped. I feel like, you know, that's true. That is true. Um, <laughs> it's like what kind of complex it will be going forward. And I think you're right that there's less of the it seems less tied to like professional accomplishments or obligations and more yeah. just what did you post on social media and what are you willing to speak to the press about? And as you know, with Shailene, it's often usually some sort of side project as opposed to the thing that actually made someone famous. But what makes someone famous anymore is really relative. I feel confident yacht season will come back, though. I think that's going to be soon. It seems like Europe's opening up a little bit. France easing restrictions, obviously a huge part of the yacht scene. So that's great news, I guess. I don't know. Although, you know, a lot of European countries really need summer tourism. So I'm I'm rooting for them and for myself to get these to get this season going. But um. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I am as well. I was just trying to think through like kind of like the international yacht regulations. Uh, Do we know what like maritime COVID law is? Well, I've been watching Below Decks. Thanks for asking. They were were in Croatia. Teed you right up. Um, You know, they had to, they did like quarantining and there was a COVID scare. So like the charter ended. So it's like pretty similar to what we're familiar with here. Okay. and it seems like it's basically kept going, obviously scaled back a lot. Um, but they found they found a way. I think it's just like there was a lot more time spent on the boat because there are yeah. fewer places to go. And again, like you had a quarantine before coming on and, and all that. So um, it seems like with vaccinations, it should be a lot easier, though. I, you know, I wonder, like, can the it might be hard for the, some of the boat staff to get vaccinated. So I hope they can figure that out. Maybe they should just get the J&J one shot if it's safe for them. I, I hope everyone <laughs> has access to a vaccine and can get it as soon as possible, including the boat staff on below deck, a group of people that I've never interacted with my entire life. Hey, did the the whole um, pregnancy thing resolve itself? Were you no, right? not yet. No? It's ongoing. Oh, okay. It's ongoing. Well, but I did watch the special with the three captains of the three below deck franchises so far. And the host, who is an executive producer of Below Deck Med, her name's Nadine, like says, like, and you know, we had our first pregnancy on Below Deck Sailing Yacht. So she basically confirmed that it was conceived okay. on 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 board or by you know the two members of the show. So we'll find out. So there's two okay. episodes left. There's one episode last week. There's I think the finale's next week in the reunion. So okay. I'll keep you posted. Thank Great. you so much for asking. Anytime. On that note, I would like to tell you more about what's happening on Bravo right now. Okay. So the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is back. I think it's like three episodes into the season, maybe four. Everyone was excited because the the divorce and um, really terrible legal allegations against Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, who was married to Tom Girardi, who was played by Albert Finney and Aaron Brockovich. 
um, they're, they have, they're in divorce and they're accused of like embezzlement and fraud. So it's like a pretty big deal. And this all was playing out while they were filming. So people weren't really excited for it to be on the show. I'm excited, but I guess like anticipating, well, I'll be honest. I was excited. Three episodes in, they're kind of like alluding to it, but nothing's really happened yet on that front. Erica Jane just sort of being her regular self and their star of this show. I just didn't see this coming is Kathy Hilton, the mother of Paris and Nikki, the hotel heiress by marrying Rick Hilton, her husband. Um, she is so batty and so daffy and so fucking funny. It is an absolute delight and makes me rethink everything I ever thought about the Hilton family. I mean, and that includes like everything that Paris, Nikki and, and Baron have ever done. I, I cannot believe what an absolute delight Kathy Hilton is. She does like such weird shit. Like right now they're in Tahoe, like, like a housewives trip to, to Lake Tahoe. And okay. she literally only brought sweats. And like, she has like all these slogan t-shirts to like kindness is free. And like, just like, it seems like she exclusively shops at target and wears Uggs. Um, and then, you know, some people, me included, have like a hard time sleeping. So they have like really like specific sleep rituals for me right now. I'm, I'm watching great British bake off. I cannot sleep without it's play- without it playing in the background. Um, I'm currently in the middle of season two. I've, I've seen all of it. Just rewatching. Okay. Anyway, Kathy's thing is she carries around with her like a square 24 inch box fan that she got at like fucking CVS and travels <laughs> with it so that she can plug it in and sleep to the sound of her fan every night. And like, she's just so fucking funny. And then in the first episode of the season, she thought that Garcelle Beauvais, who's an actress, she's been famous for a long time. I guess Kathy like couldn't see. She didn't have her glasses on or something. She thought that Garcelle was her sister, Kyle Richards. I don't know if you know, but Garcelle's black. Kyle's white. Also, okay. Kyle's her sister. Okay. So she really thought Garcelle was Kyle. It's so funny. And she doesn't, she's not trying to impress anyone. She's just being herself. And it's like so wonderful. It's so much better than most of these horrible housewives. So why would Kathy Hilton go on real housewives? Um, great question. There seems to be a Hilton moment happening right now. Right. I know that Paris has a show coming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Nikki just did a spread for some New York media company about her home in Bellport, New York, about like how it's so great. It's like better than the Hamptons, North Fork. It's all happening. Bellport is really very beautiful. I, although I don't think is Bellport North Fork or I think Bellport is. I think it's like before the forks. Basically, it's yes. much closer. Yeah, but it's very beautiful. Um, I think it is on the sound, though, if I recall correctly. Anyway, um, so North Shore, that would be anyway. Okay. And then there's Kathy Hilton just on the show. And I just feel like there's like a Hilton moment happening. So I don't, I don't know. And then maybe that, maybe it's for money and maybe it's just cause she was bored. She just seems like the kind of person who does it. She's bored. Do they really need money? That I think that's what I'm asking. I don't know. I don't think so. I think Kyle, okay. Kyle and Kathy had a falling out at one point over their husband's real estate careers. Like they diverged and now they're, they're close again. Um, I don't know why she's doing it, but it's honestly a gift. It's so much funnier than like anything else that's happening on the real housewives of Beverly Hills and like so much lighter and just like not steeped in controversy. She's just like doing her own thing. It's really funny. It's like also, uh, it's like a return to being truly rich to your point. Like so many of these women are trying to like make a point, like, look how rich I am. Here's what I'm wearing. And Kathy's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm Kathy Hilton. I'm doing do the, do Paris and Nikki show up or like, are they on FaceTime? Like what's they have the level yet. of reference? 
it's high level. They talk about Paris. In fact, someone like insults Paris essentially. And mm-hmm. um, they're discussed a lot, but they are not, they're not on the show yet, but I could see Paris showing up. I mean, Nikki lives in New York, so maybe less likely that she would, but I don't know. It's great. I, I can't believe it. It's, it's also just a real testament to reality TV and the housewives that like after all these years, Kathy Hilton was like, sure, I'll do it. No, it's true. That's what I'm still trying to understand. I guess I don't know a lot about the Hilton fortune. I suppose it has been a tough year for the hospitality industry. Yeah. So, but somehow I think they're fine. Um, so good for her for, I guess, wanting to wanting some attention and getting it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, (laughs) it's just really fun. I recommend it. I don't know. I've just been watching so much Bravo. I'm not really sure why, like more than usual. Okay. What is, what are the other highlights? I've been binging Real Housewives of Potomac to prepare for season five, which is coming next month. Okay. Or sorry, season six. And then um, New York is on currently as well. It's, I don't recommend it. So Bethany, Ebony is great, but the rest of it's just very hard to watch. Beverly Hills, Below Deck. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. And are these all filmed during COVID or like mm-hmm. post-COVID? Yes. Have we caught up to the vaccine yet in reality no. TV time? Okay. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is currently a week before the election. So they're in oh, late wow. October okay. 2020. I'm sure that they that's a um just like an informed and gratifying discussion. They just like reference like what's gonna happen in a week and okay. <laughs> with no proper nouns. Um they reference the election, but they don't like say anyone by name. Okay. I think it's a relatively left-leaning crew. In New York, Ramona Singer is a Trump supporter. Um so that's tough. Yeah. But they're they're like addressing it on New York. It's a whole mess on New York. I, it's not good. They need to restart. They just need to get rid of everyone. I'm 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 face palming right now just thinking yeah. about it makes me unhappy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my Kathy Hilton report. If you're looking for some comic relief, check out The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, that's a great recommendation. Congratulations to the Hilton family for for all of their accomplishments. <laughs> Big time. Well, that's all we got for this week. And unless you want to recommend any TV, Amanda. No, I I don't really have anything in the reality TV vein. I got to tell you, I, I've stalled out at episode four of Broadchurch. Mm. Here's what here's what happened for me. And don't don't react. OK, which okay. even though this is a podcast and so that's like really bad for podcasting. But I do think at some point someone told me who did it. Oh, but. I am not sure. And so I'm kind of watching it, but I'm like, I think I know who this is, but I I don't know, but I'm not going to Google, but I just have like a lot of red herrings in my, you know, in the, in the wake before I found, find out who did it. And I am a little bit like, should I just watch the last episode and be done with it? But that's rude. But also I just kind of want to know what's going on. Also, I just have to be honest. I don't understand what David Tennant is saying at any given moment. The Scottish accent Subtitles, is just Amanda. like, come on. I don't do that. I don't do that. I do it for, in a, for a TV show that is not in the English language because I am a, you know, lame American who can only understand English. But I don't do that because then I don't know. I guess I could. I, I think I, you should. I do it for like a lot of shows. But I'm at that point where I'm like, sort of like, am I going to continue with this? And so then I don't have any other TV going, you know, besides. Yeah, sure. It's it's like a book, but TV um, mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm not really in the best TV groove that I could be right now. So if people sure. have recommendations, let me know. Um, 
Well, I'm still watching Called the Midwife because there's so many episodes and I fucking love it. But I don't know. And I don't think the soapiness, this Called the Midwife is straight up soap opera. I don't think that's for you. Right. Um, I so the the medical emergencies, but without medical technology, like really stressed me out when I tried watching it. I mean, they have the technology that they have. It's like great care for the era, but I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to go. This could not go well. And I I get really stressed out. It's funny. It's funny watching them progress through time. Like right now, they they've just mentioned Gene Simmons. It's very funny. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's great. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Then I just love the nuns. I'm just like, wow, I need some nuns in my life. Um, <laughs> that's my main takeaway from the show. <laughs> well, there you go. On that note, thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this episode. And we will be back next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.